Hey everyone, this podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts at patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hi everyone. Hello everyone's. My name is David Bell. And my name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Mm, Pretty straightforward film. Jake, my boyfriend. It's snowing. Winter is coming in. We have a real connection. A rare and intense attachment. I've never experienced anything like it. I'm thinking of ending things. Huh? What? Did you say something? I don't think so. Weird. <laughs> very, very literal. Very, uh, very yeah. straightforward traditional narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Totally uh, a linear storyline. Yeah. Uh, this came out like last weekend, and mm-hmm. there's nothing this weekend, and this is Charlie yeah, Kaufman. Not really anything new directing. this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a Charlie Kaufman film that people might have already seen. I don't know how many people are watching this movie. I don't know how many uh, cough heads are out there. Yeah, I don't know how many people are finishing this movie. Uh, they might start watching it and be like, I don't know what I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'm thinking of turning this movie off. Yeah. Well, what did you think? What did you think of I'm thinking of ending things, Tom? Um, I liked it. It's extremely it's extremely Charlie Kaufman though. So oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't like uh, that, then don't don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is definitely true. It I I did enjoy it too. Uh I uh I think I understood it. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh there there was I got I wouldn't say help, but I rem- I overheard Michael Swaim from our from our pals at Small Beans. Uh, uh first oh, let me just say spoilers right at, right away. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spoilers because- for yeah, because the twist of this movie is just what the movie's about. It's not really... Uh, I don't even think it's really a twist. It it becomes pretty obvious early on, at least I thought. There were... Yes. Um, but he... Uh, Sway pointed out, like, the last shot means a lot. Yes, it does. And it was like, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, it does. Yeah. This is... All right, let's 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 see if our... if our uh, What it is syncs up, because I, I, I didn't look anything up. Okay. Uh, so well, it's my own interpretation. Let's start... Uh, same. Let's start with a fairly straightforward explanation of the plot. It's about a woman uh, going to meet her boy... Driving with her boyfriend to meet her boyfriend's parents out in the country. Uh, and it's they drive out there during a blizzard. Um, yeah. And when they get to the house, things start to be very strange. Um, Reality begins to unravel. Right. They, she starts slipping through time and the parents mm-hmm. keep changing age. Her clothing keeps changing. Uh, but her boyfriend, Jake, stays relatively the same throughout the entire movie. Yes. Um, and he, then as they is... leave, shit also continues to get strange. Um, uh, and then they go to a high, they, they stop to pick up ice cream because Jake's like, I need it to stay awake. Um, then they, they drive along and the ice cream starts to melt. So he's like, I got to throw this out. It's driving me crazy. So he pulls up to his old high school to throw them out. They start to kiss. He freaks out because he's like, there's somebody watching us. So he runs inside. She runs in after him. Uh, can't find him. Meets a, an old janitor. 
um, who we've been teasing, who is we we have been teased throughout the film that that is Jake as an old man. Yeah, that was pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, there's a dance number where the two younger versions of Jake and this woman whose name keeps changing. At first she's Lucy, then she's Yvonne, yeah. then she's a Amy. lot of things keep changing about her. Uh, if she has no identity, she has no identity. Um, uh, it's revealed that she's not actually Jake's girlfriend. She is a woman that Jake saw one time in a bar and didn't even speak to. Yes. Um, so two younger versions of themselves have this dance number and then a, a a version of the janitor intervenes and stabs young jake to death and then to contemporary jake and contemporary woman go their own ways uh it, it, we cut back to the janitor mopping it up and then he goes out into his car um and then he has a bit of a freak out and then just decides to th- sit there um he hallucinates a pig after taking off all of his clothes, the implication of that is that he is uh, entering hyperthermia. Yep. The compulsive disrobing is a part of hypothermia right before you... D- it's in Fargo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right before you die, you start taking off your clothes because you think you're too hot. And he follows the pig into the school, and then there's a... Into the, in the auditorium, it's, it's an older version of Jake, but not quite the janitor, accepting a Nobel Peace Prize for all of his brilliance that was never recognized. And the audience is full of... All of people the, from his life. People from his life, mostly the teenagers from the high school where he works as a janitor. Yes. Um, and he sings a song that I think is from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a recurring theme in the movie. Yes, it um, is. About sitting in a lonely room, but then imagining his life uh, as, you know, everybody recognizing how great he is. And he doesn't have to imagine that he's with that woman anymore. He can go out and be with that woman. But then the song ends with him being like, but then I remember that I'm just by myself alone in a lonely room. And the last shot of the film is the next morning and his truck completely blanketed in snow. So the, impl- yeah. the implication is that he froze to death in his truck. Uh, yeah. The movie isn't actually about how you started. The tw- it's Again, it's not really a twist, but what the movie's really about is a old janitor working a long shift mm-hmm. uh, and thinking about his regrets, right? Mm-hmm. And his he's- life. He's thinking about his life, and I think there's an aspect of dementia there because, yeah. like, all of his memories are colliding, and he's trying to insert this woman he saw one time. And he, there's also an element we learned, like, there's a there's an element about like how movies. Uh, we all watch too many movies. Jake, in particular, says that he watches too many movies, and the details of the movies start to bleed into his memory. Uh, so like one movie, he's, there's a funny fake movie he's watching that's supposed to be by Robert Zemeckis. That was it, amazing. It's just like full of cliches. The punchline of just directed by Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> yeah, I laughed made out me, loud. Made me laugh so long. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's all it's about. It's about this old man and having a long shift at the high school uh, and his mind. Thinking just, about ending things. Yeah, he's thinking about ending things. Exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it's bleak. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting of a movie, uh, so it kept my attention the whole time. Because it is, you're right. Like the moment they were showing the janitor throughout, I was like, "Oh, that's him, old. That's yeah. got to be him." Old. Well, and he mentions like in the first scene, the first long car scene. The movie is basically two long car scenes bookending a middle section. That's right. him at this farmhouse. But in that first long car scene, you know, we see him as we see the old janitor watching kids put on Oklahoma, and then, um. 
Jake says something about, oh, it's from Oklahoma. Yeah, they do it all. They do it every year. And then sometimes I see the kids that do it later on in town and, I, and they're and they're older, but I right. can still tell they it's them. Do, they do a thing where it's like, <clears throat> you think maybe he's talking about his childhood and then seeing them win, mm-hmm. you know, later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's clearly, and as he keeps going, he talks more and more about like from that perspective uh, about the high school kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just because he's worked there his entire life as a janitor. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about how he had, he feels like he had this potential to him. It's very interesting because he's not, it, it's it's a really, uh, it's like almost an incel thoughts, but it's very, not really. To a degree it is. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to like, like discredit the character that way, but it's a very like, because it's it's thoughts that I think a lot of people have. Yeah, it's, That's it's, why I it's, don't want to call it that. Right. It's more that he's very lonely. He's very lonely. So he like he's lonely and there's this like there's this feeling of like women are either pretty and mean or too smart for him. Like this this the woman in it, his girlfriend, mm-hmm. is he's like meek to her. Uh, and he's imagining her thoughts like he's aware of her thoughts too he is yeah because she's a it's we should point out that he is not the main character she is like the main character from a i guess a textual standpoint the movie is about a janitor imagining how thinking about his life and the memories running together and then deciding to kill himself um but what the movie's actually about is a creation of somebody's imagination realizing that they are a creation. Yes. There's, it's very Charlie Kaufman for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Cause she's realizing she's a, someone's fantasy. Yeah. Cause uh, her, ide- her she, identity she, keeps she, changing and she's aware of it. She mm-hmm. keeps being like, is that my name? Yeah, is that my name? That and it's seem- like, I, she's looking at a picture of herself as a little kid and then it becomes a picture of him. And she's like, wait, wasn't yeah. that me? And like, it starts uh, out where it's, it's all, she's this, fantasy of an of an intellectual woman who's i mean the actress is attractive but like not like that's why it's very it's very incelous because she's like the nerdy girl who doesn't know that she's beautiful right Uh, it's like it's like it's she's not like the the two blonde girls that we keep seeing the two blonde high school girls she's not she's not like that kind of like obvious instagram model right her studies like her school studies i think change they do her her the way she speaks changes in one scene she's smoking a cigarette and talking like an old movie star while they're talking about well, an I, old movie yeah she becomes uh pauline kale yeah do you remember they she see, becomes, they, they, they they you see a, a pauline kale book on his bookshelf in his right. room above all of his movies and i guarantee you that her monologue is probably pauline kale's thoughts on a woman under the influence yeah like you're it's, right. pr- it's probably verbatim that because we see like at first she's a poet and she recites a poem that she supposedly just wrote and then we see it later on in a book yeah Yeah. and then she suddenly becomes an artist during the dinner conversation with his parents and then we see later that those paintings were actually somebody else's paintings that jake as a little boy used to just copy because he liked the paintings like he would paint them over and over again right she's a fantasy at one Mm -hmm. point she's acting like his mom Mm mm-hmm uh she becomes she becomes his mom during the dinner cleaning up Uh and stuff and And matches his person matches her personality when she's telling Uh the story of how they met yeah exactly yeah uh and the story of how they met changes and stuff because again she's just a fantasy she's Mm -hmm. just this i 
idea of this version that could have been that that could have been with this younger version until he was killed by a janitor killed his hopes and dreams his his youth yeah and i think that's also by, yeah i think that's also the reality of the fact that he is an old man at the end of his life intruding on his fantasy as well yeah uh, <clears throat> there's there's also little things that like i like that every time because like she is it starts from her being like i'm thinking of ending things right i'm thinking of so it's sort of like this this fantasy uh trying to reject him the fantasy is rejecting him yeah it's and every yeah. every time she starts to bring it up he says the same thing he goes ta-da and they get to whatever the story right. needs to get to right. wherever they were going magically appears in front of them with nothing yeah. else around yeah uh, it's very dreamlike things like getting the ice cream in the middle of the snowstorm yeah it's be. very eternal sunshine it is very eternal sunshine yeah yeah there's um there's little like i i noticed little clues about the freezing to death like thinking about it he mentions the sheep who are frozen to death mm -hmm. and he keeps saying like they're fine they're okay right and at like, one point she she says aloud would hypothermia hypothermia would necessarily yes. be such a bad way to go yeah um what do you think the basement means because I, the basement has scratches all over it and tape to keep up. it shut he he doesn't want to go in there mm-hmm like i get like i a lot of other things like you said the movie the commercial like this heavy nostalgia for his childhood mm -hmm. uh that's in there yeah because it's just it's like going through this person's life yeah it's basically it's like his his, his memories like I, I said i think there's an aspect of dementia in it because it's his yeah. memories bleeding together and then all the rooms in his house are labeled and his his dad at one point is is Talks about having so, dementia. Uh, yeah, when he's at his oldest point in the movie. Um, mm. I think the basement because what she finds in the basement is she discovers all of his janitor uniforms in the wash, and it's like his life, right? And all of the paintings he copied. So it's like it's like he's that's where he's storing the reality of his inadequacy or the fact that he never really achieved anything right like i think that's what it means yeah i think so too that that's because yeah she when they find she sees all the janitor outfits being washed mm -hmm. uh yeah that that all checks out i think that's what it means i don't know i mean i, I think that's as good as an explanation mm -hmm. um you know it's like a really it's funny a really uh like easy way to think of this film is uh it's the movie identity kind of yeah yeah it's it's the the shitty thriller identity with john cusack which spoils for identity all takes place in somebody's head yeah and all these characters are not fully aware of that fact and you could credit it to like like you said this pro guy probably has dementia they don't really they show that it's you know his father had it mm -hmm. so yeah he probably had it uh and it's like almost like pieces of his his brain trying to figure out what's going on there's there's i guess there's a i do think he made like do you think he made the conscious decision to take his life yes or do you think he just got in the car and he spaced out he does have some kind of episode when he gets behind the wheel so yeah that's a good question actually but i think yeah. i think he did because that's you know that's the title of the movie and that's like kind of right there's like repeated but, there's repeated allusions to it yeah yeah exactly yeah but it could just be him breaking away from the fantasy is thinking of ending thing i don't know i i don't think it matters too much uh 
Yeah, I think it's both. Yeah. Because he does seem like confused uh, and scared in the car. And then, yeah, like you said, he rips off his clothes. He follows the pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> the pig with maggots falling out of it. Yeah. It's funny how like I said at the beginning, like joked straightforward film. It kind of is. <laughs> once you've watched it all the way through. Yeah. And, like and I, once you once you know what it's about, I don't know how much this movie confused people because uh, it did feel pretty straightforward. But um, I don't know. It, it, maybe if your headspace isn't in the right place and you're trying to think more literal about what's happening in the movie or something like that. Maybe. Because, again, you think of a movie like Identity, they spell it out for you. And I think like, wow, what if they made Identity like this? Uh, like really trippy. Yeah, and like the nothing matches up, and more Twilight Zoney. That would have been so much better. It would have been a better film, yeah. But they were probably scared. They're probably like, I don't know if people are gonna get it. Audiences be confused if you do that. I think knowing that it's Charlie Kaufman going into it certainly preps you for that. Yeah, that helps. There's a lot of like you're you're not expecting a a literal film. Yes, if you know who Charlie Kaufman is, Mm -hmm. and if you know, I think if you're just popping this on. If you're just like, you have no context, like, cause the other thing I, I looked at the IMDb before watching this movie and saw that, what's his name? Jake played by Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. is the only character with a name. Correct. So it immediately popped out at me. as like, I bet he's the only person who exists. And then when he starts feeling godlike, like he clearly can hear her thoughts at the beginning, mm-hmm. everything sort of happens when he wants it to happen. Um, you know, like he has a certain amount of control over what's going on. He does, but it's interesting. He he can't control her, right? Like the the, the his fantasy of, and this often is, you know, you you see this show up, and it's it's a very antiquated idea of what like a quote unquote cool girlfriend is. But it's like she's smarter than him, and she's aloof, and like. She's just kind of mean to him. And I mean, he's, he kind of isn't, he's not great either. No, but I think. But like even his, like because of who he is and, you know, growing up watching movies and this idea is reinforced over and over again in movies um, that like, you know, g- g- the girlfriend often occupies the same role as like a mom would like, like uh-huh. the best example I could think of is like Pepper Potts and the Iron Man movies. She like scolds him and he has to like stop making suits and stuff for her. It's like, it's like there's, there's this weird conception it, it, like in sitcoms a lot too, where it's like the husband has to like, Oh, I can't let the wife catch me or else she'll, I'll get in trouble. It's like they, yeah. it's like they're little boys and the wife is actually their mom. But and, <clears throat> she is him. She is him. They're yeah. all him. And that's, right. that's the thing to keep in mind is the version of himself that we see isn't necessarily the person he is mm-hmm. either. Yeah. She represents a, a portion of himself, the part that is well-educated, that's accomplished, or that feels like that has read a lot, it's has done a lot, lot of yeah. stuff. And then there's this version of him that's like apathetic and like keeps hearing this other voice kind of, because it's that's what it is, is that like he pitches the baby it's cold outside song to her Mm -hmm. in the car and she calls him out on it. She's like, that's a rape song and starts like giving him crap for it. And it's like, no, this is just, it's, it's him. It's him. Like, like, uh, like self doubting or like being hard on himself and not really knowing, 
like in his own fantasy, yeah. almost calling himself out for having the fantasy. Right, like he can't even navigate his own fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it keeps changing. And like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think she is actually self-aware within his brain. Um, I know because it's Charlie Kaufman, it like doesn't matter. Right. She is to a degree in this film because it's, yes. it's Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it's not like, it's not inside out where it's like we no. have little creatures in our brains no 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 it's not that it's just yeah yeah it's extremely it, you know it's charlie kaufman so it's like meta in a lot of aspects too super meta um i i don't know i i really did enjoy it it's yeah. a bleak film it's a little long it's an hour and seven minutes or something like that uh it's two, or two hours it's two, two hours. hours it's two hours and 15 minutes so yeah it two hours is and 15 it is yeah. a little long <laughs> but none of it felt like uh, everything felt necessary, which I liked. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like it's not quite a mystery, but it's no. fun to treat it like that because you do once you figure out the game being played, mm-hmm. it's fun to figure out uh, what everything represents. I guess. Yeah, and the ga- uh, like I said, the game becomes at least it seemed like it becomes pretty obvious. Le- like less than halfway in, you're like, oh, this is entirely yeah. inside his mind and he's the it's old really, man he's the janitor yeah i almost wonder if it i mean he's not trying i don't think charlie kaufman's trying to trick anyone no but i do think like showing the janitor uh so early in the film gives it away yeah uh and i kind of like this as more of a twist movie i don't know like I, identity I, I just, was. I just liked, you know what? I just want to watch Identity. Just Tom. go watch Identity. Yeah, I don't know. What you're yeah. about. Okay, so the second half of this episode, we're just going to talk about the film Identity. Yeah. No, I like that he sets it up early enough so that you're already thinking in that space. And then, like you said, you try to figure out what everything means or you're just like plugging the rest of these elements in to that right. tr- train of thought was still a satisfying thing to, for me to watch. Yeah, I think out of the context of Charlie Kaufman, I also think it works because a lot of people expect uh, more high concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, like they expect this to be more complicated. Yeah, it's, like, it's actually not even really that complicated. No, it just it's just watching an old man's fantasy and we sort of jump into it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take a second to kind of get your bearings. And if you're one, if you're thinking like, oh, this is like some sort of time nexus or like, uh, I don't know, ghosts or something, I don't know, <laughs> um, then you you could overshoot it, I guess, uh, assuming there's more to it. But it 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 just reminds me, I don't know. There's it, it, he Charlie Kaufman, I think, does a good job at approximating uh, like our brains and our thoughts in a visual Mm -hmm. way. I think he did a great job in internal sunshine or at least in a way that's I've never seen before. Right. Yeah. Like, like for example, um, in this movie and in eternal sunshine, there's parts where they're dipping into memories that are unclear. And the way he shoots it is it's almost like, like in Blair witch where there's a single flashlight, like it's very dark and the edges are frayed and you can't quite see what's going on and it feels like a dream or a nightmare it feel, feels like a fading memory he's very oh i should note that he didn't fucking make eternal sunshine so he didn't direct it no he didn't direct it so he's he's probably aping what he saw in that film mm-hmm. um, yeah that's what was spike that? jones right no i think eternal sunshine was michelle gondry right is that michelle gondry i always get them mixed up uh, spike jones did i think it, yeah John you're Malkovich. right it's 
it is Michel Gondry because he loves the the reverse stuff and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yes, Spike Jones was, was John Malkovich. Yeah. Uh, but it does feel like I I guess that's the only fault of the movie is it's like well why not just get Michelle Gondry to make this I don't know Michelle Gondry was making that Jim Carrey show oh yeah that's fair um I don't know like I don't know I I, guess, I think he, it might just be that he's at the point in his career where he can just be like well I'll just make it it's fine yeah he's not he's not like a remarkable he's I mean he's Charlie Kaufman is Charlie Kaufman because he's a great writer. Um, mm-hmm. he's not like an especially remarkable director, but I thought this movie was fine. Like it was yeah, clear I think, and there was um, some interesting, like you said, it, it, it did a very good job and it may just be him aping Gondry, but he did a very good job of presenting the feeling of like time running together and like disjointed memories and like kind of, it reminded me a little bit of, um, I need, I still need to finish watching it, but like what I've seen of the third season of True Detective uh and yeah. how it represents oh, dementia sure. so i think there's yeah. a i guess what it is is that I, I i'm talking in a way in which i feel like this movie is missing something mm-hmm. and i think what it's missing is like we're watching it because it's charlie kaufman yeah and he makes some crazy cool shit yeah and there's like a certain like interest in like art Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes me gravitate towards his work. And I really like a lot of his past films that he wrote. Uh, I think this movie is missing like, like the, 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 the f- like basic entertainment factor, like uh, framing it as a mystery. That's like, Oh, it's something to grab onto. It's a reason to keep going. The, the characters are relatively miserable. The only joy I got watching oh, this. Oh, I, I better is- know what it is the parents yes yeah. <laughs> when they and when they show up long enough i yeah. know they're only in it for about an hour but when they show up good god <laughs> they're like, incredible fr- it's from uh, the first instant it's uh tony collette and david thulis and from yeah. the f- first second they're on screen it's just like oh now we got a movie now now yeah. this is a movie <laughs> they're they're they make the movie they're so good they're so fucking they're great weird i was i was uh, i was laughing in t- constantly throughout the the middle section like all the yes. awkward exchanges with their parents and like when his his dad is just rambling on about how they don't care about fucking but it's gonna be hard for them to oh, fuck in a child's bed so good <laughs> so good because again it's all in his mind so they're caricatures of right. his parents right they're yeah they're so really they're ex- su- yeah they're super embarrassing yeah they're extreme versions of parental cliches yeah uh and that it is very telling the parents because yeah he's he's the whole thing is about him bringing someone to meet his parents Mm -hmm. and like the yeah they're it's like a nightmare they're they're a nightmare Mm -hmm. uh and and he's so embarrassed by them and they keep talking about how many great things that he was that he's like like how proud they are of him and stuff like that. Uh, it's, 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 it's boy, those scenes. They're pretty great. <laughs> My God. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and they keep, yeah, they keep getting younger and older. They don't get too young. They only go as young as he remembers them. Yes. Yeah. But he stays uh, the same. He stays the same. Yeah. Which is interesting that he's a specific age. And I guess he represents the age in which he feels like... He talks about... 
Yeah, he talks about it in one part of like talking about taking the wrong turns, and we all think about it, mm-hmm. where it's like he's because he's talking about being old at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how, uh, he, and and how it's he's very bitter about it, and they have a conversation about, about it, yeah. whether or not it's better to be young. And he's like, "Yes, it's brighter. It's full of more hope. It's more fun." Yeah, um, you get there's so much expectation. There's so much like possibility. It's it's the best time of, to be alive, and that's kind of yeah. why like younger versions of themselves are what he pictures in the ballet uh at the end of the film Mm -hmm. yeah this movie is um heavy into about nostalgia Mm -hmm. like it's it is an old man feeling nostalgia Mm -hmm. i mean we all it's a feeling once you hit a certain age that kind of i think i think everyone recognizes and can relate to Oh yeah, you start Even to be nostalgic. Yeah, you start to be nostalgic about being a teenager. Like I'm like, like you think about, man, those are the best days. But that's the reality is like, no, or no they young weren't. Adult. <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't. Yeah. Well, they have. It's it's. I don't know. There's there's aspects to it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Because like your life's ahead of you. I think about being in like my twenties and like going to England and just walking around all night and the smell of the air and drinking mm-hmm. and having fun and running into people and this this like adventure mm-hmm. feeling that you're Frodo off on a journey sure. as opposed to Frodo going to fuck off with some elves, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's, but at the same time, uh, I personally love being older. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, the old, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you know, I, I fucking, I love being a grown up. People don't ask you to throw away your like drinks. If you're going into a movie theater, like no one, you know, it's fine. That it was <laughs> that, that happened to Marina like maybe five years ago. It was if we were at it was at some uh, club back in Virginia where my band was playing, and like this dude knocked his drink over, and he just looked over at Marina, who's just dressed like she normally dresses. I was like, "Yeah, we got a spill here." <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Looks like you better take care of that yourself. <laughs> wait, wait. He knocked over his drink? He knocked over his drink and looked over at Marina and was like, we got a spill here. Like, he assumed... Like, she worked there? Yeah, oh, he assumed funny. she worked there, even though, like, she was just wearing, like, a normal outfit that she wore. Like, that it, happened it didn't to look me. like a uniform or anything. We're deviating, but the first time I came to L.A., I had a really, like, like the movie Swingers experience. I went to a club because my friend dragged me there, and mm-hmm. she just, like, danced all night, and I was a ride. I wasn't drinking. Uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, if I could go back and say, no, I would have... Uh, and I was just dressed in all black. And uh, whenever I needed something from the bartender, she'd come right up to me. Right. Uh, and then people started asking me where the bathroom was. And then I realized, <laughs> like, oh, shit, everybody thinks I'm work here. Uh, it was fine, though, because, again, like, and the, one of the best moments is someone dropped a drink and it shattered on the floor. And I, like, waved to the bartender and I said, someone dropped a drink and she's like oh okay we'll get right on i'll get i'll, I'll get someone or something and she thought i worked there like because i was acting like i worked there in that <laughs> moment too like a real square giving a shit yeah, about a drink a real dropping. fucking nerd yeah it was not a great night but yeah no. uh that wasn't even me old that was me like in my 20s uh yeah. yeah this this is i think that's what makes the movie like this is one of those movies that makes you kind of want to make movies yeah because it's like uh, what a beautiful like way to depict nostalgia and like mm-hmm. i don't know it's still a real bummer ending it is but i like i i really like movies like this uh, one because we don't we don't get them that often 
Mm-hmm. I, I like when movies are more about like they have a whole conversation about art at the dinner table in which David Thewlis absolutely crushes it. But she's yeah. trying she's trying to explain like, yeah, I, I, I paint landscapes that are like I that are I convey kind of an emotion through them and he just doesn't understand. He's like, how can you evade, how can you convey an emotion if there's not like, how can a painting there's be sad if there's not a, yeah. a person in the painting being sad? Like, I don't like, and they go back great. and forth about it. And she's like, well, if you're in the painting, you can't see yourself. And he's like, I could look down and see my feet. Yeah, Cause he says, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> yeah. God, him and Tony Collette are so fucking good. They're so good. <laughs> Her weird laughter. Yeah. Like, she's... they're like they're ghouls. They're ghouls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, again, they're like his, his, like, embarrassed, weird view of his parents, not mm-hmm. as humans. They're like super parents, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're like, they're like every, everything we think about our parents, like, exaggerated. Right. Yeah. They're, they're f- fucking hyperbolic versions. Her saying g- genus versus it, genius genius yeah she keeps and him just it. losing his fucking mind yeah <laughs> that's such a parent thing yeah oh man uh, uh, it's there god they're so good they're so good but yeah i, I just, get I, why I, the trailers were like them these two yeah they're it was it was trying to focus on the weirdness as a hook yeah um because that i mean that is the hook it's like it's like it's what i am i still need to watch it but from my, what i've heard it's kind of similar to what mother is like Term, Mother is in terms of it's just fucking weird as shit. Yeah, um, <sighs> I've said this before. I didn't realize that Mother was an allegory, uh, a clear allegory, because of my upbringing. I did not know the Bible well, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like really obvious. Uh, so when I saw it, I was just like, "What a weird fucking movie!" Yeah. I bet it means something. Yeah, I need to watch that. <laughs> but shit. what what I did take away from it is it's it's with Mother. It's a really good. Like how nightmares work, mm-hmm. um, because how adult nightmares work, where it's the idea of something is going on that's sinister or disruptive. Like yeah, like it's the classic, like the nightmare where you can't find a bathroom, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody around you is not only unhelpful, but seems like there's nothing unusual until you're like screaming at someone. You know, mm-hmm. that's what mother is. Not with a bathroom, but it's the idea that everybody around her is just like, what? What What are you upset about? While this very upsetting thing is happening around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, and the way they do that, like, I know it, ha- it has other meanings, but it's like a really, like, from an artistic, from the way it was um, pulled off, like, execution, I thought it was really good. And this is kind of the same thing is I really like the execution of this. Yeah. I'm I'm more th- I I think that like it's just very bleak. Uh, yeah. Or not even bleak. It's it's there's moments like the dinner scenes are great but they're so awkward and when they're in the car just talking and it's dark and gloomy all it's the a, time. It's a nightmare. Like they're not they're not vibing at all. Right. Like I don't know if I can recommend this movie to certain people because it's like it's not it's not entertaining the way movies normally are. Neither is Mother. Right. Where it's but it's like you're watching like a thought experiment. You're watching like a painting. Yeah. Uh, essentially, that's kind of what this is. It's it's conveying yeah. a very specific emotion, I guess. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's watching a guy's fucking memories bleed together with his yeah. fantasy of of uh, a companion. 
Um, Watching the final thoughts of this guy. Basically, yeah. Before he goes and freezes to death. Freezes to death and in it's his like, fucking truck. Like, imagine, like, it's like Warner Brothers pitch meeting coming in, like, okay, guys, here's here's the story. It's the thoughts of an old man as he freezes to death. And they're like, okay, and that's it. That's it. That's the movie. And it's like, you better be Charlie Kaufman. Because, uh, <laughs> Well, even Warner Brothers, I mean, obviously, like, right. they're like, no, abs- absolutely not Charlie Kaufman. And Netflix yeah. is like, we'll give you $20 million for that. Yeah. Because Charlie Kaufman, there's the, the generation. Um, this feels, uh, he, I know he's not a boomer. I don't think he's a boomer. Mm, um, it's, no, I don't, yeah, I think he's more Gen X. I don't know. He's like, what, yeah, 50, this, 60 around there? This might be a Gen X thing, actually, is there's this generation of filmmakers who are basically the first to do this. And that's their thing. Like Tarantino or Charlie Kaufman, where where like they're like, all right, this is going to be my thing, and they're just like, great, we're going to give you money until you die. Uh, a lot of them, I think, had money to to start. I don't know, but like they got away with being like like Jar- Charlie Kaufman's the only person to do Charlie Kaufman films, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Hunter S. Thompson's a good example, where he's like, I'm just going to do drugs, and they're like, cool, man, we'll pay you. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one else gets to do it. Yeah, nobody do. else gets to do that. Okay, he's sixty-one. Yeah. He might actually qualify as a boomer. Okay, uh, where they just they got in there first, and it's like ah, you bastard, you get to make movies that don't make any sense. Yeah, actually, I mean, it still does make sense, but yeah, it's not like it's it's just it's not a traditional form of entertainment uh, at all. I don't know if we weren't doing this for a podcast. No, I'd probably still watch it in one sitting. What am I saying? Yeah, I would watch it. I, yeah. was, I was excited to watch it. I was too. But uh, it, yeah, uh, <laughs> I do think I think people are going to be kind of like I think if you don't know Charlie Kaufman, the trailer implies like horror movie. Yeah, uh, and that's not what it is at it's all. Not, it, it implies like, oh, are the parents wizards? You know, where it's like, what's going on here? And it's not that at all. It's just it's just an exercise in like what what would this look like? Mm hmm. If we had to visualize this yeah. specific thing happening in this person's brain, what would it look like? Yeah, and I really like that. Yeah, um, it's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 well done. Um, yeah, uh, uh, maybe a tad too long, but other than that, like I don't know. Did you uh, did you see Synecdoche, New York? I did not. Synecdoche. Yeah. Nope. I I saw it once, and I need to watch it again because I think a lot of charlie kaufman's movies hinge on how sleep deprived or like what time of day because that was a movie that i saw when i like hadn't gotten sleep mm-hmm. and that movie's also long it's like two hours and i think i think it's a mood thing where it's like when it's really surreal like this it's just you have to be in the right mood for sure yeah you have to go into it kind of prepped you're like okay yeah. this is a charlie kaufman movie it's gonna be weird it's not gonna be a linear narrative it's gonna be something meta mm. in some way like as you said you haven't gotten around to watching mother when is the ideal time to watch mother? <laughs> right like every time I, I feel like i think tonight t- today's the day to watch mother like i i bring it up on screen i'm like mm, yeah not right now <laughs> it's this a, is it's, why... the same, it's the same thing with like room i haven't watched room yet because every time yeah, same i here. get ready to watch room i'm like i don't think i'm ready for this right now and I do want to tell people, this isn't a depressing movie. It's a bleak movie, but it's there's a beauty to this nostalgia. Like, it's almost still... It's sad where he's coming from, where this person's coming from. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, a weird beauty to watching a person 
go through their head like this. Uh, uh, but I, I am glad we watch it for a podcast because I suspect this is one of those movies where if we didn't, it'd be sitting on the shelf for me for a while. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, going into it, like, I have to be prepared for this movie. I have to be paying attention. I have to be in the right mindset. Uh, it's just a, it's a weird one. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm glad I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> I don't Me too. I don't know what else, what much else there is for us to talk about in the movie since we pretty well I think we pretty I don't well know. I'm sure it. there's a bunch of more artsy shit to discuss. Uh I'm sure there's more details that we didn't notice yeah, probably. along the way. But like I really can't stress enough that just watching it for David Thewlis and Tony Collette uh just being absolute yeah, maniacs. Just fucking killing it. Oh, there was one scene that I wanted to bring up where it's in the towards the end of the movie when they're driving back to the city and he brings up David Foster Wallace and I was just like, jump out oh. of the car. <laughs> just yeah. a dude mentions David Foster Wallace oh. to you. That's the biggest red flag. Yeah. That's a big old red flag. <laughs> yeah, that uh leap out of the car. This movie he's a series of red flags. Yeah, I he feel really like. is, yeah. He really is. He the, constantly corrects people. He's like real Yeah. yeah. Um, what did it mean when she goes to get the ice creams and the girl who's like represents kind of her in a uh, way tells yeah. her, yeah, I assume, I think the idea is that it's, she has no identity because she's 20 different girls he's met in his life. Mm-hmm. Right. Or seen. Yeah. Seen, seen in his life and put all this bullshit on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it mean when that girl is like, you, you can stay here you don't the future is she is, does yeah you don't bad. right you don't have to keep going forward um i think that was like meta in in the sense of you don't have to continue forward with where this fantasy is leaving you can stay in this portion of it you can stay in this memory because if you go if she continues to go forward she will cease to exist right oh that's true i didn't think about it that way mm-hmm um that's how that's i mean that i have no idea if that was the intent was but that's how i because that's yeah, how i interpreted it the most literal version of this is that these are in fact sentient portions of his brain mm-hmm. uh trying to survive mm-hmm. in his brain while he has dementia is like taking over yeah dementia and depression mm-hmm. um but fucking yeah. bleak yeah it is but not like de- weirdly like not depressing like even though the final shot of I the film is him is like his tomb literally it's like his truck completely covered over with snow um, I think it's cuz it's almost clinical like I, you're watching it in this way of like I want to see how the film does it mm-hmm. I I'm not and th- again this might be a problem with the film is that I didn't there's you can't really grab onto any characters uh it's it's not really a mystery it's not a thriller there's no like a character who needs to accomplish a goal, right? Other than like this she is, she wants to go back home. I think yeah, I think this is what makes Charlie Kaufman versus the movies he writes uh different is that uh a lot of those movies um I think they do other, you know, they like after he writes them, I assume Spike Jones or Michelle Gondry or or I guess George Clooney in the case of Conventions of a Dangerous Mind, they they go through and they like make it more digestible. Mm-hmm. 
And so like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind has a lot of this stuff, but the main character you're rooting for, he has a specific goal. He is he is trying to save the memories mm-hmm. of someone he loves. Yeah. And and there's a beginning, middle and end. And this is more like I guess that's why I'm I'm almost not invested in the character because he his goal is it's just a series of thoughts. Yeah, I don't care about him. Like, like again, the main character is the woman. Yes. And um, she, at a certain point, also doesn't matter because the moment you realize she's not real, uh, because like when she puts her head on the dad's shoulders, for example, and that one scene, that's a big giveaway, of course, that she's not real because she's showing affection for the father that she doesn't know she's become uh, she's become his mom in that scene if you notice her you're dr- right her, she is. her dress changes and she's wearing a pearl necklace and pearl earrings right so she you you do feel for her but she's a abstract concept yeah and then her final scene really is when she reveals like she f- finally realizes what she is she's like i am a memory yep. of a person he saw in a bar once yeah and she's like mad yeah she's mad about it yeah um um so I think, so in a way yeah. she does get what she wants, but she's not. Again, she's a portion of him. I mean, right? But so like in, it's, in it's, terms it's of the, the movie and its characters, yeah, like yeah. But the fact that it's all so abstract, it's hard to feel bad, mm-hmm. and then you don't really know him. No, not uh, at all, really. So that's why it's like almost clinical. It's like it's a movie that takes place entirely in someone's body. Like if if it was a literal movie that took place inside someone's body, like their organs, mm-hmm. and we never really met who they were. Osmosis Jones. Yes, thank you. That's what it is, right? So we don't really like when he dies at the end. We're like, oh, that's sad. We get glimpses. We get glimpses of it. We know that, like, we also know a lot about him. We but do, It's just yeah. all in his memories. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So we do, we do kind of know who he is. Yeah. And he's not like a particularly likable person. He's, but he's not like a bad person. He's just kind of, right. You know, I would say mother is similar because there's not much like the, it's again, it's, you're watching it from such a like disjointed perspective. It's mm-hmm. like, you're in like a, a fugue state. Like you're looking, <laughs> you're on the outside looking in on these characters. So you never feel completely emotionally attached. It's mm-hmm. more like just impressed with the craftsmanship of what's happening. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, no, I, I and what I, it means. I I think I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's a poem versus a story, and a story. There's you're you're following characters and very real things. A poem is like an idea, mm-hmm. uh, ex- feeling, ex- exploring an idea or an emotion. Yeah, yeah. So you feel emotions watching this. It's mm-hmm. just you don't feel them necessarily for somebody, right? And therefore, it somehow avoids being sad. Kinda, yeah. I mean, it's still a little sad, but it's not like depressing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's, yeah, I I think that's it. I think that's it. I mean, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So like if you're ever tucking in for the night, watch this, watch identity and mother Mm -hmm. do, do this. You will have some crazy dreams. Yeah. (laughs) Take some, take some peyote. Yeah. Take some acid. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Put, put these three films on maybe all, all at the same time. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Check out our Patreon. Yeah, and throw that in there. Throw that on the pile. Yeah, that's uh, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. They're both great. Check them out. Indeed. Yeah. Uh,
Um, we also have a store, tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed, where you can get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of shit. Go there. Or don't. I don't know. Continue living mm-hmm. your life. Maybe have yeah, maybe then, have regrets in your future about not going to our store. I was gonna say you become an old person. Yeah. You have these fantasies about going to our store. Like oh, what life? Our, what might life? My life could have been had I gone to their yeah. store. Yeah, there's like a version of you wearing one of our shirts, and they're like, "Wait, I don't exist." <laughs> I'm just a shitty fantasy that your life would have gotten better. But who knows? Maybe maybe if you buy one of our shirts everything turns around yeah that could be the turning point i could i can't make that promise i just can't (laughs) sorry everyone i tried to i tried to i can't grift you you really really shouldn't do that (laughs) so listen the thing about david foster wallace (laughs) oh man leap out of the car Uh, if 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 he says that tuck and roll tuck and roll if he says that shit